Republicans will hold their own caucuses in 2020. Of course, Democrats are getting all the attention right now. But on February 3rd, the GOP will gather and more than likely throw their support behind President Donald Trump. Trump came in second in the Iowa caucuses in 2016 and then dominated the general election here, winning by more than nine points. Here's Trump in Sioux City. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. Special place. Special people. Thank you. This was two days before the 2016 general election. We weren't going to come back to Iowa. They said, Mr. Trump, you don't have to. You're leading by so much you don't have to. I said, what do you mean I don't have to? I want to go to Iowa, which is true. Part of that confidence came from the support he was receiving from Iowa's top elected officials. This was a time when many other Republican state leaders in other states were keeping their distance. Here in Iowa, they were getting on stage with the then nominee. Lieutenant Governor Kim Reynolds, where is Kim? Come on up, Kim. Come on, come on, Kim. Trump called on to the stage, then Governor Terry Branstad. I think there's nobody that knows more about trade than him. He's one of the ones in dealing with China. Well, you would be your you would be our prime candidate to take care of China. He has done so well, so well for the people of Iowa. Nobody knows it better. Now, Branstad is the U.S. ambassador to China. And his son, Eric, is a senior advisor for Trump's re-election campaign in Iowa. The president has cemented his relationship with the party establishment here. And polls show Republican voters in Iowa are standing behind the president. On caucus night 2020, he won't likely have anything to worry about. I'm Clay Masters. I'm Kate Payne. From the newsroom of Iowa Public Radio, this is Caucus Land. There are always politicians coming to Iowa thinking about maybe running for president, even if their party is the one in charge. Former South Carolina governor and U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley headlined an event for Iowa U.S. Senator Joni Ernst. When Joni invited me um, to come, I said, I've never been to Iowa. But if you had... Thank you. But if you have barbecue and you have Harleys, that's my kind of place. Vice President Mike Pence visited Western Iowa flooding twice in 2019. There'd be plenty of time for politics when 2020 comes around. Right now, Iowa needs disaster assistance, and it's time for Congress to act. That's right. But most of these politicians aren't looking to get into a presidential race, at least not for a few years. Meanwhile, some GOP candidates have announced they're going to challenge Trump. There are Republican voters out there who want a change in leadership. These are not conventional times. These are urgent times. Let's be real, these are scary times. But with solid support from the Republican Party in the state, Donald Trump won't likely be dealt an upset. On caucus night, it will send a pretty strong message coming out of the Republican caucuses that the delegates are going to go to the president. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Republican caucuses. Plus, later, we'll look at some serious questions about the future of the Democrats' caucus. Caucus Land is sponsored by Gravitate Coworking and by Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, where students get a first-in-the-nation, hands-on experience with the political process every election cycle. Explore interdisciplinary learning at cornellcollege.edu. This is Caucus Land from Iowa Public Radio. In June 2019, President Donald Trump came to Iowa to roll out an ethanol policy and attend a state party fundraiser. And it is wonderful to be back in Iowa, right here in the heartland of America. You know, it is the heartland of America. 
and I love it, and we won it by a lot. Trump praised Iowa's Republican Party chair, Jeff Kaufman, who has lined up the party behind the president. IPR caught up with Kaufman at a party fundraiser in August in the Mississippi River town of Dubuque. Not only do we have uh, Dubuque County folks here, I know we got Jackson. A few dozen party members crowded into a hotel dining room to hear from Iowa Speaker of the House Linda Upmeyer and U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley. He's been key to ushering in the president's judicial picks. Let me say one thing, two words. Two words and you come on up. Supreme Court. The stakes are pretty high in this part of the state, which has a history of union Democratic support. This county went for Trump, but it could flip back. We need you in this area, in the first district. These legislative candidates need you. The president needs you. Joni needs you. We're counting on you. And so the fact that you showed up here this evening in Dubuque tells me a whole lot. Outside of the event, some protesters stood on the street waving signs. The group was mostly made up of Democrats, but Republican Tammy Gertson was there too, with a sign criticizing the president's policy of letting some oil refineries off the hook for blending ethanol into their gas. So this is what I, what, what, what I brought along. This was the news release from yesterday. Agriculture is one hell of a bad situation right now. She says the president's policies are taking a toll on rural Iowa. They have changed their platform. They're no longer for the people. I feel that actually they've made so many changes in the last two and a half years that have harmed Iowa uh, that I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of the party right now. In an interview after the event, Kaufman says it's his job, first and foremost, to protect his party's nominee. Look, as the chair of the Republican Party of Iowa, I have accomplished my fundamental mission as the chair if I have unified the party behind the commander-in-chief that, that is bearing the Republican title. If I wouldn't have done that, then I need to be fired. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't mean that as a metaphor. I literally need to be fired. Earlier this August, Iowa Republicans made their support official. Trump's re-election campaign announced longtime U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley and Governor Kim Reynolds will serve as state co-chairs for Trump's 2020 bid. But looking back at the run-up to the 2016 caucuses, it took some Iowa Republicans a little while to come around. Congressman Steve King and prominent evangelical leader Bob Vanderplatz endorsed Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who came in first on caucus night of 2016. But as the campaign went on, Iowa's top brass fell in line. Three months after the caucuses, the state's then-governor, Terry Branstad, admitted he underestimated Trump. You know, this summer, when he came to the Iowa State Fair, flew his helicopter around and all of this stuff, I thought, this is not going to last. Well, I was wrong, as have been most of the pundits and political people. Then-Lieutenant Governor Kim Reynolds eventually came around for Trump. She helped rally Republican women for him after he became the nominee. I believe that the Trump-Pence ticket is the team that can turn this country around, improve the lives of Americans and Iowans, and especially those of women. Yes. Iowa Republicans continued to stand by Trump, even as leaders in the party from other states called on him to drop out after the Access Hollywood tape. In November 2016, Iowa was in his corner. 
Remember, this is a state that voted for Barack Obama twice. That flip from blue to red was profound in some parts of the state. Some rural counties went for Trump by double digits after going for Obama by the same margin four years before. This year's Democratic candidates say they're still hopeful they can win back some of those places. Since then, Iowa's Republican leaders have stood by Trump through the Mueller investigation and the tariff war and the tweets. They often have to answer for the president, facing questions from voters and reporters, like when President Trump said wind turbines can cause cancer. This is a state where more than 30 percent of its energy comes from wind. Here's Governor Kim Reynolds being pressed by a reporter about the president's comments. You know, you, we, every, you know how those things change. One year coffee is good for you. The next year coffee causes cancer. I mean, it's just kind of that's that's what happens. So, you know, we got a lot of people that are really driving an in industry that have invested in an industry. And again, I think we should be proud of our position. Can, can you just say he's wrong? I don't, you know, that's not my place to, you but, know. I mean, I, it's a big deal. This is Iowa. It's I, a huge win state. Chuck, what did I say? I am so proud of our leadership role. Right when I, I got called, I got the opportunity. Kaufman has had to play defense for the president, too. He spoke at a Trump rally in 2017 at a time when Senator Ben Sass of neighboring Nebraska seemed to be flirting with a run for president. We had Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska. He crosses the Missouri River and in that sanctimonious tone talks about what he doesn't like about Donald Trump, what he doesn't like about Donald Trump. You know what, Senator Sass? I really don't care what you like. We love Donald Trump. And if you don't love him, I'd suggest you stay on your side of the Missouri River. Trump now faces multiple primary challengers. Some have declared outright, like former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld and former Illinois Congressman Joe Walsh. And some are stoking speculation, like former South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford. Despite Kaufman's undeniable support for the president, he says the Republican Party of Iowa isn't blocking anyone. I'm not going to get in their way in terms of what they want to do in Iowa, but I will say this, it takes a lot more than a tour or two and talking to national press to be viable. Because the question I always have, and I would say this about, about anyone, are you running for president because you want some airtime? Or are you running for president because you truly want to be a viable candidate? Because my hunch is if you really wanted to be a viable candidate, you'd have been in Iowa a lot sooner. Kaufman says it's his mission to defend his party's nominee, particularly, he says, against people who are not making a good faith effort at running against him. And so, you know, if you're going to throw if you're going to throw rocks and all you're going to do is just just throw those rocks and get some national press and that's the extent of your candidacy. No, I don't respect that. On the other hand, if you're going to be here in Iowa, you're going to engage our citizens. You're going to you're, you're going to show up at chicken dinners. I respect that. May not agree with it personally, but as the chairman of the party, I'm going to respect it. Some Iowa Republicans really want to have another choice. Trump still has his critics here, though many of them stay pretty quiet. Iowa business consultant Ronald Langston describes himself as a moderate Republican. He worked in the administrations of Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush. He says he believes in the Republican Party and he wants a robust primary, which is why he volunteered to show former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld around the Iowa State Fair, even though he admits there's not much of an appetite for Republican challengers. There are people who are strong Trump supporters. And they wear their hats proudly to make America great again. That's fine. I mean, it's it's a free country. It's a democratic process. And they certainly shouldn't look down on me for wanting to engage in a democratic process. 
Primaries are good, he says. They help build on the importance of the Iowa caucuses and organize at the local level. I'm looking for a robust um, engagement among uh, Mr. Well, um, uh, Governor Sanford, uh, Congressman uh, Walsh. Uh, if the president doesn't want to engage, I hope those three will engage. I hope it brings out more people uh, to participate in their local caucuses and that they'll go to their district meetings in the state convention and fight for delegates. I think that's good for Iowa. I think that's good for the Iowa historic reputation uh, of the caucuses. Langston is concerned about the party's long-term survival. To stay alive in a changing country, he says Republicans should reflect the American tapestry. And as a black Republican, he says he has a moral obligation to speak out while still working from within the party. I think we ought to stay and fight. And I think we ought to stand up for what we believe in and articulate that and not be browbeat to, uh, the, to leave. It's tough to stay, but I think staying is essential. And, uh, you know, I don't believe I'm the last Jedi moderate Republican. I don't believe that. When it comes down to it, Langston says ultimately he'll do what he says a good Republican should. He'll support the party's nominee, which likely will be Donald Trump. Still, some Iowa Republicans just can't do it, including someone who is the state's longest-serving Republican legislator, Andy McKean. He left the party in 2019 and became a Democrat. Changing parties is a big step, and it's a very difficult step. Because uh, you have a lot of allegiances and a lot of friendships, and, and uh, you, pay a, you pay a price when you do that. And I think uh, that's a tough thing for a lot of people to, to do. It's been tough for, tough for me in many respects, too. Yeah, but you felt you had to do it. Yes, I, I felt a very, very strong uh, moral compunction to, to make the change. Kaufman, for his part, calls McKean an anomaly. Shortly after McKean very publicly announced he was leaving the party, he met with some Democrats in his district at a local library. He read them some of the hundreds of letters he's gotten since becoming a Democrat. The next one is from a Republican from uh, right here in Iowa. And uh, I got many, many letters like this, hundreds, quite frankly, from Republicans. Um, I, too, have been extremely concerned with the direction of the Republican Party and have seen it drift away from my core beliefs over the last 10 years. Recently, the change has been egregious at the state level and horrifying at the federal level. As a faithful Christian, I see a Republican Party that cares little for the environment, the consequences of its policies, or the needs of those less fortunate. Cracks are appearing in Iowa farmers' support for the president over his trade and ethanol policies. But it's hard to say when or if there is a breaking point for those voters. In the meantime, the Republican Party of Iowa has made some recruits since 2016. Joma Short is making her first bid for a state House seat held by a Democrat. She changed her registration from independent to Republican because she says she wants moral clarity on issues like abortion. Whoever that person who is in office for the next term, that they would have those same core values that I do. That's the biggest issue for me. Yeah, because I think America's in such a, a fragile state that we, we need some people that just have solid lines. As a woman of color, there aren't many people like Short in the Republican Party of Iowa, and she hears the criticisms about the president's racist rhetoric, but she says that's just the country we live in. It's like the United States was founded on racism. It's not going to go away in a matter of a few generations, but we just have to deal with it. 
So I'm not surprised that there's people that hold political office or positions of leadership and power that have racist innuendos or they just are racist. That's just, that's just part of life. And But then what we need to do is be able to acknowledge the areas um, that, that we can change. Short says she'll keep watching the race. But as of now, she says she would support the president in 2020 because she wants a Republican in the White House. What will Iowa Republicans actually do on caucus night to make that happen? We'll talk about it after a quick break. Caucus Land is sponsored by Cornell College and by Gravitate Coworking, providing flexible workspace for freelancers, remote workers, teams, or anyone sending emails from a couch or a coffee shop including those in Iowa for the caucuses, with premier co-working spaces in downtown Des Moines and Historic Valley Junction. Learn more at gravitatecoworking.com. Love listening to Caucus Land? Find more stories about the candidates and their positions by visiting our website. We'll keep you up to date on the race to the White House. Go to iowapublicradio.org slash 2020. High-quality journalism is more important now than it has ever been. If you've learned something today by listening to this episode, make a contribution now at iowapublicradio.org. It's your support that makes podcasts like Caucusland possible. This is Caucus Land from Iowa Public Radio. I'm Kate Payne. I'm Clay Masters. On February 3rd, 2020, Republicans will hold a caucus. It's going to be a typical caucus. That's political scientist Andrew Green of Central College in Pella, Iowa. Green says the Republicans that show up on caucus night in 2020 are going to be the very engaged activists, not your everyday folks. The turnout on uh, caucus night short of a, a significant challenge um, is going to be very low compared to, say, 2016, when you had thousands of Republicans showing up across the state. Green says Trump doesn't face a significant threat. Typically, challengers will try to focus on an incumbent's vulnerability. Best example, most recent example of this that we have uh, would be back in 1992 um, when Pat Buchanan emerged against uh, George H.W. Bush Uh, and and pushed George H.W. Bush uh, significantly, um, not only here in in Iowa, but also in New Hampshire and in other states in in the early primary. Green says he doesn't foresee the Republican Party leaving Trump, not in Iowa anyway. I think that it would have to get pretty bad before you're going to start to see significant challenges on the Republican side. And I I don't see any evidence at this point um, that we're going to be in a position come February of, of 2020 that you're going to have a Republican emerge that's going to be, um, you know, supported widely as a result of, you know, uh, unemployment or, or changes in the stock market or, or other economic indicators. He says it's a different story for the general election. If the economy takes a hit, research shows voters blame the sitting president. President Trump probably doesn't need to be that concerned about Iowa. On caucus night, it will send a pretty strong message coming out of the Republican caucuses that the delegates are going to the state convention and ultimately to the RNC are going to go to the president. Okay, update on the Democratic caucus now. Remember those virtual caucuses we talked about a few episodes back? 
how after the 2016 election, the Democratic National Committee mandated that the caucuses be more inclusive, and how the Iowa Democratic Party had set up a system that would essentially let people phone in their decisions on six different occasions. On August 30th, 2019, the DNC said no to that. Party leaders shot down the idea over concerns about hacking. That sparked a flurry of questions among the state's political class. Iowa Democratic Party Chair Troy Price spoke to the press at its headquarters in Des Moines. Good afternoon, everyone. Let me start off by saying Iowa will be a caucus and Iowa will be first. Let me repeat that. Iowa will be a caucus and Iowa will be first. Price was trying to calm the nerves of those who see this as threatening Iowa's first-in-the-nation status. Remember, Iowa has the first caucus, but New Hampshire has the first primary. The two states work together to strike this balance. So both Iowa and New Hampshire can carve out their special corner of the campaign process. But Iowa can't stray too far into primary territory. If New Hampshire feels threatened, the Secretary of State can just move their election day. So now Iowa is stuck. Some of the obvious fixes, like absentee ballots, may look too much like a primary, but they have to do something. Price says they're going to continue working to figure out how to make the caucus more accessible and secure. And that's why we're going to continue to explore what options we have available. I am confident that we will find uh, uh, something that will expand accessibility in this process. I'm confident of that. And I know we will. Listen, I'm not going to speculate about what those alternatives are because right now we're still, uh, you know, uh, looking at uh, accepting this news or, you know, absorbing this news. And so uh, we're going to take a few days to regroup and uh, look at what options available. And we'll circle back when we have more information to share. After this news broke, Iowa Republican Party Chairman Jeff Kaufman issued a statement saying any attempts by outside or national forces to undermine the Iowa caucuses will be met with significant resistance from both parties. And on caucus night 2020, there will be two fewer candidates for Iowans to pick from. Massachusetts Congressman Seth Moulton and New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand both suspended their campaigns in August. Before we go, we're ending with Only in Iowa, stories from the campaign trail from people who have experienced the caucuses firsthand. Todd Dorman is a columnist with the Cedar Rapids Gazette. In the late 1990s, he was working for Lee Enterprises. That's a chain of newspapers with publications in Davenport, Mason City, Waterloo, and Sioux City, just to name a few. Dorman was covering George W. Bush's first trip to Iowa in June 1999. He came to Amana, had a big outdoor event, jetted in. He had Texas Rangers with him that sort of looked a lot like the president's Secret Service detail. Dorman got an interview with Bush. And the interview was going to take place on his jet as he flew from Cedar Rapids to Des Moines. And so at some point during that time between his rally and the event, I I was wearing a a white shirt and I managed to spill a a large cup of uh, McDonald's coffee on my my shirt. It It looked a lot like a giant wound. And didn't bring a change of clothes, had a jacket, tried to cover it up. It was, it was no good. So when I got on the plane and, and, and interviewed the, the, the then governor, uh, he just kind of kept staring down at the giant wound stain on, on my shirt, which was a little bit awkward. It was also awkward because a flight from Cedar Rapids to Des Moines is basically all ascent and descent. So the plane was at a pretty sharp angle 
for a lot of the interview, and the, the beverage cart sat in between us for a considerable amount of time also, which made it difficult. The other problem was that I had 25 uh, questions to ask him, which he easily dismissed in about 10 minutes because of this 30-minute interview, saying basically, oh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that, Todd. You know, during the campaign, I'm still just getting started here in Iowa. So that's uh, that. So then I ended up talking to him about baseball, which he had been an executive with the Texas Rangers, and he went on and on about that over our time. I, he doesn't like the designated hitter. He didn't like interleague play. Not sure he was crazy about the wild card. So very traditional, and which occurred to me at the time, maybe he should have tried to become the commissioner of baseball instead of the president, but the history took him another direction, I guess. Okay, we want to hear your Only in Iowa stories, too. Give us a call. The number is 888-893-2036. Just leave us a voicemail. Caucus Land is produced by myself, Kate Payne, Clay Masters, and John Pemble, with production support from Jason Burns, Sean McLean, and Nick Brinks. Our music was composed by Garrett Schmid and performed by Garrett and Aaron James. Our news director is Michael Leland. Our executive producer is Katherine Perkins. Subscribe to Caucus Land wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and share the show. Caucus Land is a production of Iowa Public Radio News. 